Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. He has works, good works, that he's already prepared for you to walk in, for me to walk in. How do we get there? We get there by just walking with Jesus. You're walking with Jesus, and he's going to lead you right into those things. So that's it. It's that simple. Walk with Jesus. Walk with him. Seek him. Stay in his word. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, in a message titled, His Masterpiece. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand for us to walk in them. You know, it works like this. Paul said it in another way in Philippians. He said, it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So you see, before we ever came into existence, God had works that he wanted to accomplish. And and these are things that he wants to do in history. Before we ever came into existence, he planned for us to do those things. So as we come into life and as we eventually come into faith in Christ, then what happens is God begins to put in our hearts the will to do those things. And so we start to find ourselves daydreaming about things we might do for the Lord. We start to have what you might call spiritual fantasies. We start to think about things that we might accomplish for the glory of God, for the furtherance of his kingdom. Now, quite often when we do that, what we also find is almost immediately as we start to get off and imagining these wonderful things that might be a possibility, there, there comes the suggestion immediately to us, oh, no, no, don't, that, that's never going to happen. You, are you kidding? God couldn't use you for that. Who do you think you are? You don't have any special ability or talents or, you know, that, that's never going to happen. And so those thoughts are, are kind of quenched. But they, they come back over and over again. We, we think of them. And then that, that same kind of uh, scenario, we go through it time and time again. But listen, those kinds of fantasies, those kinds of thoughts, those types of desires, we cannot just dismiss them as being nothing. We have to understand this is how God moves us in the direction of his will. He puts it in us. It is God who works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. He begins to put in our hearts the things that he wants to accomplish through us. So we start to desire these things. We start to think about them. We start to fantasize. And we start to even move in that direction. Don't dismiss those things. Don't think that, oh, this is just some 
crazy thought that has no basis in reality, understand that this is the way God moves us along. He puts it in our hearts to do it. And here, what Paul is talking about are the good works. What do those good works look like? We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. What are good works? It's interesting, the Bible gives us many exhortations toward good works, but it never really gives us a, a, a list necessarily of what those things might be. You know, like for example, here in the passage, Paul doesn't say that we've been created in Christ Jesus for good works. And now here, let me tell you real quickly, let me give you 10 things that are in that category of good works. We, we don't find those lists anywhere. In scripture, we certainly see examples of Jesus went about doing good. We see the apostles. We see uh, in the lives of Christians, God's people. In the biblical text, we see certain things that they do. But I think the reason why we're not given a list is because a list would limit what God wants to do. You see, the possibilities are really endless. The possibilities are endless. And there's going to be different manifestations of the, the same kind of work. It's going to work itself out differently in my life than it might work itself out in your life. And God's just left it open so that we do not limit what he wants to do by saying that, well, you know, this is, this is the thing that uh, is a good work, and, and this is exactly the way it has to be done. God, God has all kinds of diversity when it comes to these things. So the possibilities are limitless. And it's the Spirit of God who is going to move upon each of us individually, or sometimes groups of us collectively, and, and move us in a direction to do a particular thing that he's planned for us to do, and he's going to give us a very unique and in some cases an individual method about or, or in going about doing it. So the possibilities are endless regarding the good works, but they are things that are motivated out of love for Christ and directed toward his people and also directed toward those who God loves, which would be all of humanity. So when we think of good works, we, we don't want to limit it. We want to just be open to whatever the Spirit might be leading us to do. I have some friends who had it on their hearts to go one particular person to go back to his native land. He's from Ethiopia. And when he originally left Ethiopia, he never wanted to return. But through a process, he became a Christian. And there began to be a stirring in his heart. Coming from Ethiopia, he understood the plight of children in that nation. And he knew that many children were abandoned because of different tribal customs and things like that. Some of them were given up for death. And he, he just began to have this heart for these kids. He began to have this desire to do something to rescue these children. 
from a life, a short life that would be lived under dangerous circumstances uh, at the you know, hands of um, evil people or, or the elements or whatever. So, so God begins to stir his heart and then he meets a, a young woman and they fall in love and she has a similar desire. And then they hook up with some other friends and they've been having the, the same kinds of desires to help children and everything comes together. They've got this vision and they end up going together as a team to Ethiopia and they get themselves a little house and they just begin to put the word out that they are there to take abandoned children. And they are doing one of the most amazing works right now as many, many children have come to them through all different kinds of ways, from infants all the way up to maybe 13, 14, 15 years old. In that culture, because some of the tribal customs, uh, they will, for whatever reason, they will consider that a child is under a curse and they will banish the child from the tribe. Sometimes they'll actually even kill the child to free themselves from the curse. And they take in these children. And one of our good friends and person who serves in the ministry with us, Colin McLean. Colin went over recently to experience this whole thing and he took his video camera and he made a, a short film on this ministry there. And I'll tell you, as I watched it, I was just so moved. I was so touched. And Argob, the Ethiopian guy who had the vision and went back, he was telling a story about how, you know, the last thing he ever wanted to do was return to Ethiopia until he became a believer, and then God began to put it on his heart. But again, like so often is the case, but how could I do this? It seems so impossible. Where, how could I get the resources? What, how am I going to get a, a, a house or a place to facilitate the children? How would I get the children to come to me? But he just went with that desire, and he kept following that thread, and God has led them to that place now. And there they are with one house, but they're looking to open as many houses as possible. But I think of that as, as just a great example of the good works that God has prepared beforehand for, for them to walk in. And I think of so many different people that I know who are doing wonderful things in the name of Jesus, blessing people, advancing the kingdom, impacting the world. And when you talk to them, you find out it all started with just this little thought, this thought that wouldn't go away, this desire that, that kept churning in them. That's how it works. He works in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. So God knows what he wants us to do. So he begins to stir our hearts and to give us a desire in that direction. And then he moves us through a process of events, he moves us to that place. So God has prepared in advance good works for us to walk in. This is what we all need to realize. We need to realize that there's no accidents in the kingdom of God, and you are here at just the right time, in just the right place, with just the right gifts to fulfill the purpose that God has for you. 
There's not a single person in this room, there's not a single person listening to my voice who is a believer that God doesn't have works already prepared for you to walk in. It's just a matter of getting you from point A to point B. And like I said, it often starts with the desire. It starts right in the heart. Sometimes God moves you to a location you had no desire. You get there and you start to see as you look around, wow, there's needs, there's things. Something comes into your mind. Now, the beauty to me of this word poema, the beauty of this whole picture that Paul is developing for us here is that what it's telling us is that our good works are not something we make happen, but they are something God makes happen as we walk with him. That's the beauty of this whole thing. It's not like God is saying, okay, I want you to do good works. Now figure out something and go out and do it. No, it doesn't work like that. God, he is just saying, walk with me. Walk with me, and I'm going to lead you into those things. That, that's the beauty of it. It's like Jesus, when he spoke to his original followers there, the, the guys that became the apostles. You know what he said to them? He said, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. They were called to be fishers of men. They were called to be evangelists. They were called to go out and spread the gospels, missionaries, and so forth. Uh, that, that was what he had already planned for them to do. What, what was their part? Follow me, Jesus said. And see, that's the same with us today. Whatever the calling might be, Jesus is saying to you and to me, he's saying, follow me. Follow me, and I will make you what I want you to be, and I will lead you to where I want you to go. That's the beauty of it. I think of Peter. Jesus spoke to Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Uh, Jesus said, Peter, feed my sheep. This is the work that I have prepared for you. And all you do is you you just love me. You just... You just follow me. You just walk with me. And I, this is what I prepared you for. I prepared you to take care of my people. And this is, this is what I'm going to equip you to do. I'm going to enable you to do it. And I look at, I, I shared that passage because for me, that's something that God's been reminding me of. He's been speaking to me about, you know, I, I'm the kind of person who I, I want to do everything. I get a burden for every place. I get a burden for everything. It's hard for me to go on a cruise ship because I feel responsible. We've got to get everybody saved on the cruise ship here. <laughs> it's hard to relax sometimes. I'm all like, well, wait, I, I need to be looking out for that person I can evangelize or something. And, and you know, okay, that, that's okay, but that's, that's not it. That's me trying to come up with something. I, I got to do this for God. God's saying, look, here's what I've given you to do. You just do this. Just follow me, and I'll give you the ability to do this. Feed my sheep. Take care of my people. That's what I've asked you to do. That's what I'm equipping you to do. That's what I put in your heart to do. Now, that's me, and that's others who are in the same kind of position I'm in. But, of course, you're 
doing different things. You're out in the world. You have your life. You have your family. You have your career. You have your whatever it is. But in those things, that's where God wants to work this truth out. You are his workmanship. He's created you, especially with certain gifts and talents and abilities. And he is going to use you with those things. And in some cases, it might be that he's going to put in your heart, uh, you know, to go off and to take a venture across the seas and to restart your life in a new culture, in a new country, amongst a new people. For others, he's going to send you right around the corner from where you live, or maybe just transfer your job to somewhere in the same community, but it's, it's going to be there that you will find that that's where those good works are that he's already prepared for you to walk in. But like I said, the thing about this passage to me that is so exciting is it, it just paints the picture of, of God as the artist. And what that speaks to me about is, you know, an, an artist works with inanimate things. You know, an artist works with a paintbrush and paint or a, or a pencil, or an artist works with clay to sculpt it or, you know, things like that. And the primary responsibility for the end product is not the, it's not the, the pencil or the brush or the clay. The primary responsibility for the end product is the artist himself. See, that's the beauty of this. This is God's doing this stuff. And this is what we need to understand. We need to understand God already knows what he wants you to do. And he knows what it's going to take for you to be able to do what he wants you to do. So he knows what he wants you to do. He knows what it's going to take for you to be able to do it. So guess what? He's going to give you the ability God gives people abilities to do things that they can't do, but he calls them to do certain things that are beyond themselves, and he doesn't leave it up to us to try to work it up to where, okay, I've, now I can do this because I've worked so hard at it. Oh, he equips us. He's, he divinely equips us. He supernaturally equips us. I just finished reading through Exodus, and if you've read through Exodus recently, maybe you remember when it comes to the, the, the building of the tabernacle, there are these two men, Bezalel and Aholiab, and they are the ones who are responsible to build this place of worship, the center of worship for the true and the living God. They're the ones who are to come up with uh, the materials, and they're to d- develop all the materials. They're to put the thing together. They're the ones that are to come up with the garments for the priesthood and so forth. And it says over and over again regarding these two men, God says, and I have put wisdom into their hearts. I have given them the ability to do what I've called them to do. And even as I was reading over that these past few days, I was just being reminded once again, this is how God works. So he has something for us to do. He knows what we need to do it. He gives us the uh, ability to do it. And then taking a step back again, he puts it in our hearts. We start to desire it. And it all happens just so beautifully 
and simply as we walk with him. I like the way one person put it. He said, all the works are ready. They only await the living doers and their doing. So the works are ready. They're just awaiting the doers. And God's the one who equips the doers. So today, as we close, know this. You are saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. You're not saved by your works, but you were saved for works. Not works that you can conjure up in your own strength. Not works that you can imagine that, yes, I will do this great thing for God. But no, works that God has beforehand prepared for you to walk in. Every single one of us, there's works that God has called us to do. And listen, this is where the Christian life becomes what it is meant to be. If you're bored as a Christian, if you're feeling purposeless as a Christian, then I'll tell you the reason why. The reason why is because you're not moving in the direction of those works that God has for you. Because when you're doing what God has called you to do, you're not bored. You, you feel anything but purposeless. You, you sense some of you know this by experience. There's nothing like doing what you were created to do. When you're doing what you were created to do, you just, you're just in a groove, for lack of a better way to put it. You're just, you're there. It's like, man, this is it. This is what I was born to do. You know it. You sense it. You feel it. This is why God made me. Whatever it is. But that's the place, and that's where the excitement is, and that's where the adventure is. And that's where the wonders are because you never know what God is going to do. You just never know. He has works, good works that he's already prepared for you to walk in, for me to walk in. How do we get there? Again, in closing, we get there by just walking with Jesus. You're walking with Jesus and he's going to lead you right into those things. So that's it. It's that simple. Walk with Jesus. Just walk with him. Seek him. Stay in his word. Pray to him. Stay in fellowship with God's people. Do those things. Follow me. And he said, I will make you become whatever I've called you to be. That's the truth. And the glory of this whole thing in the context, let me remind you, finally is this. By God's grace, we have gone from walking according to the course of this world, being led about by the devil, to walking in the good works that God before prepared for us to walk in. You know, to me, one of the fascinating things is not only where God takes people and what he has them do. But one of the other fascinating things is the people that God takes places and uses. People who were at one time walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, children of disobedience, children of wrath, now the servants of Christ and bringing life and love and hope to people who never would have had it otherwise. That's the story that God wants to write for every one of us. And it's got its individual, unique features for each one of us. But 
the bigger picture of the story is the same thing. It's all for the glory of God. For the month of November, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Isolation, distance, and conflict during these trying times have caused countless people to feel lonely and depressed. But for the Christian, the friendship of Jesus reaches even our deepest loneliness, and we can allow darkness and despair to drive us directly to Him. And when we come to Him, Jesus is able to match our every need with His mercies because He moves towards us with compassion. If you or someone you know needs to know the heart of God, you need to get this month's resource from Back to Basics. The book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.